whether it's day one or day 21, the timing doesn't matter as much as the determination to start. So let's dust ourselves off, regroup, and create a solid plan of attack to reach our goals. Remember, setbacks are just setups for comebacks. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. Hey, Rever, here I am, your homegirl, Alicia. And I'm just going to get this out of the way by saying if I sound like I'm sick, I am sick. You might have noticed I didn't post a a new episode last week because I was literally so sick, I couldn't go for more than like one second without coughing. But here I am, I've missed you, and I did not want to have you miss another awesome episode of the Rev Your Metabolism podcast. So guess what? I'm coming to you from my bedroom. That's right. I'm literally sitting here on my bed. I got my puppy dog curled up like a burrito next to me. I got a pile of Ricola sugar-free cough drops, um, a box of Kleenex, and my grapefruit-flavored Spindrift. So I am prepared, and I'm just praying I can get through this without coughing. Okay, so I have a question for you, Rever. How's your January treating you? Are you on track with all those New Year goals? If you're feeling derailed or like me, didn't even get started, I've got your back. Even if you're not listening to this episode in January, but you still feel derailed from your health and fitness goals, I've got your back too. In this week's episode of the Rev Your Metabolism podcast, I've got seven simple tips to help you lose weight and create lasting habits. Let's be real. Trying to tackle too many changes at once is a recipe for failure. Unless you're an A-list celebrity with a personal trainer and a chef on speed dial. Slow progress equals long-term success, Rever. Think about if you were to make one solid change each month for a year. 
right? You just focus on one little habit that you're going to work on and you, you really focus on that habit for a month. And then you feel like, okay, it's ingrained. Now the next month, another habit. Imagine a year from now where you would be. You, you'd be like completely transformed, right? Inside and outside. So this is the point I'm trying to make to you is that slow progress will stick, right? Quick progress never lasts, never ever lasts. When we try to make these quick fixes, these fast changes, and you end up a year from now right back where you are right now, if not in a worse place, right? So take a moment to listen to today's episode and choose just one or maybe two of these behavior-based habits to go all in on. Once they become second nature, then you can tackle the next one. Okay? Make sense to you? All right. So if you're feeling good, get on your shoes. Let's walk and talk. I would love it if you're out and getting some movement, even if you're just moving around your house while we're talking. Listen, I haven't been on a walk now in a week, and I'm losing my mind. Daily walks are my non-negotiable, and I feel like, I don't even know what I feel like. This sickness, I never get sick, number one, so I guess... I guess my body's making up for lost time here. I mean, I've been so sick. Let me put it this way. Probably NyQuil has surpassed their quarter one sales projections because of how much I've been purchasing over the last week. Let me just put it that way. All right, so here we are. We're getting late into January. And let me tell you that I am in the never got started category. Let me tell you, about my January so far. At the end of December, like right before Christmas, I would say, my mom called me and she tells me that she's coming to stay with me for a week on January 5th. And we're going to drive down to San Diego for my grandma's 95th birthday and to see family. All right, let me tell you this. I, I love my mom. I love my grandma. Of course, I always want to see her and see my family. However, Rever, January is a big effing month for me, right? I'm in the fitness and the health industry. So coming to stay in my house for a week in January and then me making trips to San Diego, that kind of throws a wrench in the works unless I have planned it out for months in advance, okay? So I thought, all right, you know what? Family's more important. I'll get through it. I pushed a couple of things out a little bit later to make up for it. Then when my mom's here visiting, she gets really sick. She was so sick. And she is like me. We don't get sick very often. So she ends up, you know, staying here for a week. She flies home. The day she flies home that afternoon, I start to feel tired and a little achy. And I thought, oh, 
crap. Please don't tell me that I am sick. Well, guess what, Rever? Here I am a week later, so sick. So I'm, I'm almost on coming out on the other side, but here's my point that I'm trying to make to you. This is a really big month for me, as I already said, and I had all these things planned that I was going to do in my business. And I was really excited and I was really geared up for it. But all these things happened out of my control totally. And, and that's just what happens, right? So this is the thing. It's amazing how life can throw us these unexpected curveballs, right? January might not have been as smooth sailing as we hoped, Rever, but guess what? Here's the point. I want you to listen in. So if I've lost you, please listen because these next few sentences is I really want you to hear this and I want it to stick in your mind for the rest of your life. Every day is a fresh start to chase your dreams and to conquer goals. Every day is a fresh start. Whether it's day one, day 21, the timing doesn't matter as much as the determination to just start. So let's dust ourselves off, regroup, and create a solid plan of attack to reach our goals. Remember, setbacks are just setups for comebacks. I hope you heard that. I'm going to say it again. Setbacks are just setups for comebacks. Yeah, pretty good, huh? All right, so let's go through seven simple things that you can choose from to create a plan of action to make sure February is your time to shine. And again, even if you're not listening to this in January or February, guess what? You can apply this any time of the year, okay? Every day is a fresh chance to start. All right, let me take a sip of my spindrift and let's go. Okay, so the reason I'm picking these seven things, these seven tips I ran into a friend of mine named Mike a few weeks ago, and he's a real tall guy, so he, if he gains weight, he carries it well. But when I saw him, he said, you'd be so proud of me. In the last four months, I've lost like 30 pounds. And I said, wow. And I know that sounds like a lot, but really, if you do the math, you know, losing a couple pounds a week, what that's eight pounds a month-ish times four. So that's about on point. Plus, I'm sorry, men, if you're listening, it's much easier for you to lose weight than women. It's just the fact. <sighs> right, women? Anyways, getting back to Mike. So he started telling me, you know, I didn't do like counting calories or measuring food or anything like that, which I love. He said, he started telling me all the things he was doing. And I was like, so everything you're doing is behavior-based habit change. And he was quiet for a second. And he said, yeah, yeah, I guess, you're, I guess you're right. So this is the point I want to make. 
rather than focusing in on ticky-tack things, I don't know, calories and what if I should take supplements or, you know, things like that, you should focus on changing specific behaviors. That is lifestyle change. And that is what is going to help you make sustainable changes that will carry you through a lifetime. I hope that makes sense. So all of these things that we're going to talk about are really just changes in your behavior. Um, I guess number one is kind of more after I just said, don't worry about ticky-tack things. But it is still a behavior change because it's something you would do first thing in the mornings. So it could go either way. But the rest of them are definitely more of a behavior, okay? So number one, first thing in the morning after waking, drink six to eight ounces of warm or room temperature lemon water. Okay, if you're like in the throes of hectic life right now, this one you can't tell me you cannot do. So about six to eight ounces of warm or room temperature water, you're going to squeeze about a half a lemon into it. I would drink it through a straw so it doesn't mess up the enamel on your teeth. But here's just a few reasons why. Vitamin C, first of all, in lemons. I mean, especially, listen to me right now with my sickness. Vitamin C. I mean, there's so many benefits of vitamin C just beyond supporting your immune system. But it helps you to get that vitamin C in. There's also potassium in lemons, which is really good for your heart health. Um, drinking this warm or room temperature lemon water is going to help kickstart the digestion process. So that's a really good thing. I do want to say, though, if you suffer from heartburn or GERD, you probably want to skip doing the lemon water thing. Um, drinking lemon water, warm or room temperature, is also good for your liver. And... This is a big one. It helps to balance the body's pH. So the body's pH is made up of, you say you're, you know, you're acidic or you need more alkaline, right? So a lot of times when we see, like for example, you know, I have type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. So when I first got diagnosed, my doctor was like, you really need to worry about alkalizing your body. Wait, alkalizing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Adding more alkalines to your body. Sorry, I'm still in a bit of a, a sickness phase. But the point is this. Vegetables are have a lot of alkalines in them. So... A lot of disease is, are very acidic. And if the, none of this makes sense to you, don't worry about it. The point is this. I know we would think of lemons as something that's acidic, but as it's digested inside the body, it turns into an alkaline. So it really helps to balance the pH of your body, which is a really big deal. All right, moving on. Gentle movement in the morning before eating. That's number two. And I'm going to give you a couple little tweaks on this one. I'm talking about gentle movement. So I'm talking about stretching, yoga, maybe going outside for 
a short 15 minute walk, slow walk. We're talking about gentle movement, okay, before you eat breakfast. So why is this a good thing? Well, it helps set your metabolism in motion and it kickstarts your metabolic rate. Just kind of gets the blood pumping, kind of tells your body like, all right, let's get going. Now, there's a few different little things that I want you to think about though. First of all, it depends on the time of day. Like if you're a late morning riser and you don't get up till say nine o'clock, for women, I really don't suggest eating breakfast much later than nine o'clock. And again, this doesn't go across the board. One size does not fit all. So don't come at me if you're like, I don't ever eat till noon. Okay, fine. But I'm telling you, for a lot of women, our body starts to get very stressed out if we don't eat by a certain time window in the morning because our body thinks we don't have access to food. Biologically, our bodies are built to support a life. So that probably plays a role in it. But... If you're a late late waker, maybe on the mornings you sleep in until 9 or so, then maybe you should eat breakfast before you go moving around. Also, again, like I said, we're talking gentle movement. You hear a lot about fasted cardio, which is fine if you feel good. For me personally, I feel better doing cardio when I haven't eaten. I just feel better. If you don't feel good doing movement without food, then don't, right? And I do not recommend lifting weights on an empty stomach at all. So that's the one caveat there for me. I would recommend if you want to go for some gentle movement without eating, great. If cardio feels good to you, fasted, great. But when you're lifting weights or doing high intensity training, please, you should eat at least a snack before, before you go. All right, number three, now we're getting into big time behavior and I love these, okay. No calories for a 12 to 14 hour window overnight. So I just talked about this, I think in episode 16. Anyways, no calories for a 12 to 14 hour window overnight. So that means I would start with a 12 hour window. I think everybody, unless you have a medical reason to not do this, you know, you're pregnant, you have low blood sugar issues, you're a high endurance athlete, there are certain people who need more food, but for the majority of us, we should be going at least 12 hours without any calories. So that means you finished eating at 8 p.m., you don't eat again until 8 a.m. It's as simple as that. Why? Because when you are sleeping, your body is meant to be repairing, restoring. And so we don't want to be digesting food while we're sleeping, right? The other thing is this. The prevalence of insulin resistance in American adults is through the roof. It's very high. Um, And I'm sure, and I've thrown this stat out there, but just in case you've never listened to this podcast before, they just came out with a study that says American adults age 18 to 44, about 40 to 45% are insulin resistant, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. 
the, the population older than that, I guarantee you it's much higher. So what does that mean? If you are insulin resistant, that means you need to focus on balancing your blood sugar and giving your body breaks from the surge of insulin, okay? And without going into too much of the details here, if you're not really sure what I'm talking about, if you go for these long periods of time without eating, you're letting your body have a chance to balance out your blood sugar. You're letting your body have a break from these blasts of insulin from eating. So it's a really good thing to start with 12 hours of calories, 12 hours of no calories. Play with this a bit. And as you get better, maybe you stretch it to 11 hours of calories, 13 hours of no calories. I wouldn't go much past for women over 40. I really don't like the idea of going more than, you know, a 10-hour of window of eating, 14-hour window of not eating. You can maybe push it a little bit further than that if, you know, if it feels good to you. But for most women over 40, mm, I, I, I wouldn't push it too far. Okay, let's move on to number four. I've had to pause six times so far, forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, number four. Eat a high-protein breakfast. Like, okay, let me say this a different way. Everybody needs to eat a high-protein breakfast, but I want to give you specifics based on your age range, okay? We all want to eat a high-protein breakfast. Why? A couple of reasons. Number one, it helps keep your blood sugar balanced. We want higher protein, not high carb, unless you're about to go out and train for a marathon, etc. But for most of us, we need to focus on a high-protein breakfast because of the blood sugar situation. Also, protein keeps you full, more full for longer. Also, how much protein you eat with breakfast is a really big predictor of how many calories you're going to consume over the day. So the more protein you have at breakfast, because you're going to have balanced blood sugar, you're going to feel satiated, you're going to feel fuller for longer, you're not going to eat as many calories during the day. Now, here's where I want to get a little more detailed. If you are over 35, so let's say in your 20s, high protein, what does that mean? I would say 20 to 25 grams of protein with breakfast. If you're over 35, all right, we got to go much higher than that. I'm talking 30 to 50 grams. Why is this? Well, I've talked about this in the past. There's something called protein synthesis. Really oversimplifying it here, but basically protein synthesis is one of the ways that your body or is the way that your body is going to build lean muscle. So protein synthesis takes amino acids from the protein that you eat and turns it in to lean muscles as well as other things. So when we get older, over 35, over 40, it's harder for our body to efficiently carry out protein synthesis. We basically need double the protein to get that protein synthesis engine running as we did when we were younger. So 30 to 50 grams of protein with breakfast. And then what I would also recommend, if you want bonus points, which you do, this would be a really good thing to focus on. Super high protein breakfast, and then let that carry you through the day and then super high protein dinner 
to let that protein carry you through the night. That is what would be ideal. So you're looking at 30 to 50 grams of protein with breakfast, 30 to 15 pro protein, grams of protein with dinner. Okay, those are for my 35, 40 people and over. That would be a fantastic thing for you to focus on. And you will see massive changes if you start doing that. Okay, number five, no snacking in between meals. So this is another one I get a lot of kickback on. People tell me like, I snack all the time and that's how I stay so fit and thin. Okay, well, good for you, Winona. I, I don't know what to tell you. Again, one size does not fit all. For most people, again, if you are a person who struggles with insulin resistance or blood sugar issues, snacking is not a good idea. Unless your blood sugar issue is that you have severely low blood sugar all the time, okay? Because snacking is going to create a blood sugar roller coaster. Your blood sugar is going to go up high, then you're going to crash low. Then you're going to go high, then you're going to crash low. What I would like for you to do is try to put three to four hours in between meals without eating anything. If you're eating balanced meals that are high fiber and have, and have high protein, you should be able to go no problem three to four hours without eating. If this is not you, then now you know where you should start. Now, if you are actually hungry, sometimes I think between lunch and dinner, that, that time slot can be a real long time slot. So maybe we need a bridge snack in between that. So you ate lunch at noon, but you're not going to eat till six. Well, that's six hours. That's kind of a long friggin' time. So maybe in that case, you do need a snack. But you want to make sure it's a balanced, healthy snack. Don't just eat a, car don't just eat a handful of crackers because that's going to make your blood sugar sky high. You need to have a balanced snack. That includes fiber and protein, okay? So like hummus and veggies, an apple with peanut butter. Yeah? Okay. Moving on. Tip number six is stop eating two to three hours before bed. This is very similar to when I talked about no calories for a 12-hour window. If you're eating right before bed, that means while you're sleeping, and sleeping, P.S., is prime fat burning time. What's supposed to happen when you're asleep? Your body's restoring, it's resetting, it's repairing. Where's it getting the energy to do this? Well, ideally, from your fat stores, right? It's like, oh, we need to carry this out and we need energy to do it. Let's just use some of the stored fat to do it. But here's the thing. When you have eaten right before bed, especially this is for those of you that think you have insulin resistance, okay? Or blood sugar issue. If you have blood sugar issues, you definitely have insulin resistance. Let me just say that. If you eat right before bed, depending on what you ate, but let's say you ate something super carby before bed, okay? High carb, no fiber, and you went to bed. Now your blood sugar's high. So here's the deal. Your body's like, okay, great. I got to spend a few hours digesting this food, processing this food, 
The blood sugar's high, so I got to release some insulin to get the blood sugar down. Your body's going to take a few hours just dealing with all that. Now you're depriving your body of the time it needs to be helping you to repair and restore and re-energize for the next day. So not only are you shortening your fat-burning window, you're not going to get a full repair sesh, right? And again, your, your body's not meant to be dealing with blood sugar and insulin issues in the middle of the night. So stop eating two to three hours before bed. Yeah? Okay, you ready for number six? This is another really, really good one. Cut out low fiber and refined carbs. Okay, I'm not saying you can't ever have them again. There's no such thing as that in my book. I don't believe in good foods and bad foods. I believe in food for fuel and food for fun. We all need some food for fun. However, I want you to stop and think about the carbs that you are eating. Because here's the trick with carbs. If you struggle with your weight, if you struggle with blood sugar, insulin resistant, if you're feeling sluggish, especially if you're over 40, you got to look at your carbs. I'm not anti-carbs. I'm pro high fiber carbs. So I created a video. It's on my YouTube channel called The Magic Carb Trick. I'm going to link to it in the show notes because it makes more sense if you watch it because I actually show the nutrition facts on a box. It'll make more sense if you watch it. So just scroll down to the show notes, click the link to go see The Magic Carb Trick. But for this purpose, let me just say this. Okay, so things like Bread. How much fiber does a slice of bread have? Maybe one gram of fiber. And it's got like 18 to 20 grams of carbs. That's not a high fiber choice. It's refined. Um, you know, pasta, cookies, chips, crackers, all these things. What we need to be doing, we want to get a good amount of fiber from our carbs. So eating things like sweet potatoes, lentils, black beans, acorn squash, butternut squash, quinoa, right? These things, wild rice, they have a good amount of fiber. They have like five to 12 to 13 to 18 grams of fiber. Start to try to cut out these low fiber and refined carbs. Just focus on that. One thing, and you will notice a huge difference, especially if you're somebody who's like, listen, I get up in the mornings and I, you know, I eat my toast and I, I, for lunch, I'm having a healthy sandwich with crackers and an apple. And I mean, it's too much if you're, unless you're working out, you got a good amount of muscle mass, this is different, and you're 22. But if you're over 40, you're sitting a lot of hours a day, you're not moving as much as you should be, you do not need to be carb loading, especially with refined carbs, okay? Well, 
listen, what do you think? I'm going to read those to you really quickly just so you remember. The number one, drink that warm or room temperature lemon water. First thing, first thing in the morning. I mean, you can go to the bathroom first, but after that. Number two was gentle movement in the morning before eating. Number three, no calories for a 12 to 14 hour window overnight. So let's start with 12 hours on that one. Number four, eat a high protein breakfast, 30 to 50 grams if you're over 35. And as a bonus, focus on your dinner too. High protein breakfast, high protein dinner, 30 to 50 grams. Number five was no snacking in between meals. And when I say that, I mean, let's go three to four hours without, without eating. Number six, stop eating two to, three, four, two to three hours before bed. Number seven, cut out these refined low fiber carbs. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy. I made it through without hacking my guts out into your ear. And I missed you. I'm so glad to be back. Just wait till next week. I will be back stronger than ever. And also, you know, I didn't do fact or fiction this week because I don't know, man. I'm just not in that playful mood. But I will be playful with you again next week. Okay. So listen, if, if you're getting something out of this, please do me a favor. One of these three things. Rate, give me a rating, leave me a review, or send an episode to a friend. Spread the love. Spread the love. God, I must sound delirious and gross. Okay. I love you, Reva. I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.